Hey guys, welcome to episode 130 of the JV Club with my guest, Noreen DeWolf. Noreen and I had a marvelous time uh, playing together on Burning Love. She played um, TT. Uh, and uh, and I'm so glad she was able to do the podcast. I am uh, briefly home in uh, Los Angeles before heading off to Arizona, and uh, I just wanted to record a quick intro. I wanted to just say really quickly that I had such an amazing time in New York at the New York Comic Con. Um, what an emotional and wonderful Cora panel that was, and signings and... Um, all that good stuff. And then I just had a, a really, really, really great time doing the Thrilling Adventure Hour as well. Um, and uh, I'm so, so delighted to have met some of the new fans that I hadn't met before, um, podcast fans, core fans, and Thrilling fans. I want to uh, catch up on a few um, social media acknowledgments. I want to give shout-outs uh, for their comments on Nerdist. Uh, yap, yap, Basamand. I may be saying that wrong. Todd, PJ, Paul, Vincent, Sheld, P, Lee Harvey, C, Jeremiah, Andrew, Eli, Angela, me, Thor, Taylor, Sid, Amy, and Joan. Thank you so much for your comments on uh, past episodes. I want to thank on Facebook, Tammy and Jody, uh, and then Grant, Stephen, and Kay for your wonderful emails. Uh, I will try to continue getting caught up on shout Outs. And then for those of you that I, um, to whom I owe t-shirts, I'm going to make my dad, the English teacher proud. Uh, for those of you to whom I owe t-shirts, please know that those will be coming out to you next week, uh, as soon as I get back from Arizona. And, um, I think that's it. Uh, guys, I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Now entering Nerdist.com. This is like I am now recording. Uh, this is this is the first time I've seen you in probably since shortly after we wrapped Burning Love two years ago. That's bananas. I know. Busy bee. <laughs> You've been very busy. You've yeah. Been, it feels like you started shooting immediatamente. Yes, I did. And then immediatamente. Immediatamente. <laughs> immediatamente. And then. Um, and then all of a sudden, all this time has passed, and that's life in Los Angeles. Yeah, it pretty is. Much. It's funny because you, like, you work with people on sets, and and you feel like really friendly towards them, and then you get, just get so busy, and you don't see them, and then you see them again, and you feel a connection. You know? Oh and yeah. LA is unique like that. I think everyone, all actors, know how to be friends with each other, and the friendships have to be. I can basically not talk to you for three months and then you know we have to still be friends later you know yeah absolutely yeah. no I totally agree with you and I think that's a hard thing to communicate to people who don't do that without sounding like we're just a bunch of flakes or whatever but it's like yeah there's a real reason that that exists and it's so nice I agree with you like there's a there's an inclination to want to hold on to those connections and you know sort of nourish them even after you stop working on a job but you're usually kind of Mm-hmm. doing something else that's yeah. also really intense but it is true that there is nothing more pleasing to me than showing up on a set with someone i didn't know was going to be there yeah and the feeling of joy i get when i'm like oh my god and i find so great yeah and i i find that if once i've worked with somebody twice i'll be honest we will be lifelong like we will yeah. hang out out of set sometimes it takes me i think i'm a little more guarded than other people but it'll take me if i work with somebody w- once we're close 
you know, we'll share anything, you know, but if I work with them two or three times, they've been to my house and I, you know, it just goes to a whole nother level because the, I think the hours that we all spend together, it's, and you just, you find yourself opening up on such a deeper level. Absolutely. There's a, there's a whole vulnerability and like element of trust that happens just working on screen with someone, I think too, that if you like find out early on that you're comfortable with that person in that capacity, it probably means that you're going to be comfortable with them on a personal level outside of work too. Exactly. Except with Um, guys. Except with guys. (laughs) Is that true? Well, you know, I'm married, so I try not to, well, that's a good point. Carry that too far out. Yeah. Yeah. And you weren't, you guys were just dating, I think when, were we, were you even dating? um, Or did you meet him like right around the same time? 2012. No, I got Really? When did I get married? <laughs> For some reason, I I know you were married. For some reason, I I almost thought that no, you guys think, were. You must have just I been. I think dating Janet. No, no. I think I was married. I got no. married in two thousand eleven. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I really don't think you were married though. <laughs> I don't know. I don't like, know what when I'm did thinking. I get this is my, I just thought, I just had my three year anniversary. It's two thousand fourteen. Your that means wedding. I got married in two thousand eleven. Maybe maybe I'm going all the way back to like the very very first thing we shot and you were about to go get married or something. I don't know. The pilot. Yeah. Maybe that was love. it. Wow, I'm going all the way back. That's right. I wasn't married then. You're Somehow. right. You're totally right. And then I got married and then we shot we didn't shoot a series until a year later, remember? So Yeah. Yeah, it did take a long totally time. You're totally right. I was just engaged. Well, time. I barely was right. By that time you already were married, so I really should have known that the whole time we were working together. <laughs> well, how about me? I probably don't talk about my husband enough. <laughs> Um, I remember knowing who, I definitely remember having the conversation with you that he was a hockey player and all that good stuff. And because I know, I remember we talked about just kind of what it is like to have someone, you know, you think that you escape certain amounts of like separation if you marry outside of the Mm -hmm. acting, you know, entertainment world. But if you end up marrying someone who's in sports, like you have to kind of go through the same sort of challenges. For sure. Which is good and bad, right? I mean, it's nice to be reunited with someone and to like keep a, a closeness and an intimacy over. Sometimes I miss the like, you know, being apart from someone and like, emails and phone calls and stuff like oh, that yeah but after a while then it just becomes like would you just come home please yeah that's like we've thing. done that already yeah you know it has its um advantages you know i think living apart and being married is very 2014 you know in mm-hmm. a way you almost can't do it without facetime and skype and all this like kind of semi-recent technology so i i definitely think my relationship is a modern relationship uh-huh. <laughs> um and um you know it's also based on like uh him and and me being successful because it's also expensive to travel to see your partner and it's a really good point yeah it's expensive you know i think people don't think about all the tickets and all the um all the things you have to do for a long distance marriage and, mm-hmm. or to keep it intact rather. So yeah, I, you know, but his career is not forever, you know, professional athletes, they don't play forever. And so I know that he will come here to LA when he's done and, and we already spend the off season together. So what's the off season like says the girl again, who does not know. Anything about sports. <laughs> um, well, like the hockey season is very long. It's from um, September um, when they start training camp to however long they can play uh, in the playoffs, you know, they meaning they their season can end as early as May. It can go on until the end of June. Jesus. Yeah. So, or it can end actually the end of April rather. So, um, like it's, it's a long season, nine months and, um, 80 games, I think. It's wow. just, yeah. It's a Does lot he get, is, is there a point at which he, not to make you tell his story, but is there a point at which he is like, 
All right, this is just like a little <laughs> bit more long than I would want to be. Like, I'm you sure they all get. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing is, they live and die for their sport. You know, they love it so much. So I think it's like us with acting. It's like, you know, your six month on set, you would probably get a little bit like, oh god, this character. But uh-huh. at the same time, you're like, I'm so lucky to be here. I'm sure. Happy. Hopefully, you're like that. But yeah. you know, it's that can be. We sort of lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah. Not we, but like as a collective, some people yeah. do and some people don't. But I think like you know, gratitude is part of this whole equation. So yeah. Are you and your parents aren't um, nearby? And I ask that because if you're used to having family right next to you, sometimes it can be harder too to have a long distance relationship. Yeah. But if you're used to having your loved ones far away, mm-hmm. sometimes it can be easier to understand and manage it. Well, it was funny because when um, Ryan and I first got together, my younger sister used to live with me here in West Hollywood, and. Um, you know, when um, we ended up getting married, she still lived with us. Oh, um, she moved into sitcom. our house. With us. Yeah, for sure. She was in law school at UCLA. So, um, you know, I told him, you're not around. So why can't she live with us? You sure. Know, why can't she live in our house? So he had no problem with that. He's a nice guy. And um, he let her live with us. So she, my sister lived with us the first two and a half years of, or two, the first two out of three years that we were married, my sister lived with us. And it was a lot of fun, you know, so I did have some family around. Now I'm sad she got married herself and moved to San Francisco. So oh, she's, she's in San gone. Francisco. Yeah. yeah. She loves it up there. Um, so what is she doing up there? What's her, what's she graduate? corporate lawyer. Okay. She's super smart. She has a organic, um, she's like an organic food lawyer too. She does, um, Ooh, like, yeah, she's right like on. super into cooking and, um, all the organic food laws and, and helping out small farms and stuff like that. Did she, did, is that an interest that came from like, what was your family like about kind of food and my and mom is a total foodie. She is, you know, Indian moms are, um, big time cooks and they're like Italian moms and where they like live to cook and feed you. They live to feed you and then the, you know, how to feed you is to cook it so um is she are you first generation american i'm first generation american my parents moved over here in the 70s um, are both your parents indian yeah both my parents are indian my dad's a physician um where's so, your last name how does your last name originate to be what it is um, or your know, i guess your stage last name i don't really no, know it's um you know I was, I was married once before i was married to ryan and um i got married when i was very young when i was 21 and uh, so his last name was DeWolf and I, um, ended up keeping the name because I, I joined the union right when yep, I, started, that's how it works. You know? Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so I kept his last name and, um, it must uh, have been amicable enough if you're, oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Like willing to hold well, on to it. Well, I, I, in a way I had to, because I had already started doing TV shows and movies and, you know, in my head I was like, no, I've already some established myself now looking back 10 years ago, I probably could have changed it, but then. You know, you're so young. I know. I know. It makes sense that you sort of have the linear kind of like, well, listen, this is the name I've just started working. I I got to keep it. That's kind of how I felt. I felt like, you know what? I already went through several pilot seasons with this name. I'm Mm -hmm. keeping this name. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, no, it's totally amicable. I think the world of him and everything, but um, just, you know, not a good fit for a marriage. (laughs) Well, and also, I mean, I, my hat's majorly off to anybody who can get married that young and know themselves well enough or evolve (laughs) in their relationship with someone else to, (laughs) you know, make that last forever. But I couldn't have done that. I mean, you know, the people that I was with in my late teens and early twenties, I feel the same way. It's like, I love them, but don't see how we could have evolved together as a couple you know not that that's a bad thing yeah you know you changed so much in your 20s and I met him when I was 17 and um, we went to prom together you know so it's like you change so much drastically as a person and um, I think Los Angeles can affect you working as an actor affects you you know success affects you and um, all your goals and everything changes once you have the reality you know of actually being out here and working and 
um, I don't think I'm a very affected person. Per, like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, I think, you know, life changes you and, and you just, it's hard. It's like, you don't want the same things you used to want. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I get scared that might be always the case with relationships, you know, you never know. Yeah, I agree. I think I keep, I keep telling myself that if I get married, um, for the first time, like the longer I wait, the older I am to get married for the first time. I honestly think that some little kid in me that comes from a broken home is like, if I can just wait until I'm not going to change that much, like there's some <laughs> weird reasoning going on. That's like, I, I will have gotten the quote first marriage out of the way. Cause a lot of my friends did go start a marriage. If I just skip the starter marriage and go straight to like the second marriage where everyone seems to make that last and it's great. Then I will have somehow avoided, you know, it's so funny the way your mm-hmm. psyche like reasons with itself in a way that is a probably not very reasonable, but no, that's really funny. I mean, I think there's never going to be a day, though, that you can go, okay, today's the day when I stay the same forever. Of course. You know? Of course. <laughs> of course. Today's ludicrous. the day I and never thank achieve. God not, you of know? Course. Thank God. Like, it's such a great feeling. I've talked about this on the podcast before, but those experiences you have that you discover a new thing about yourself or you realize you've changed and you like something that you didn't like, that's a, a really fun one for me, is mm-hmm. feeling like, I guess I, I think I like this now. And it feels... It was very refreshing. Do you know? It feels mm-hmm. good to not feel like, same old me. <laughs> I'll never be any other way but this. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. There's like this Buddhist um, phrase. It's like, ru- um, run as fast as you can and then look to your right and see who is running as fast as you. And that's your perfect partner. It's not the person mm-hmm. that you have to, you know, pull up next to you and say, like, you know, come at this pace or somebody you're looking at and, you know, that you're trying to catch up with, you know, metaphorically speaking. No, it's but, beautiful. I think yeah. that's wonderful. You just go at your own pace and, and then see who's, you know, there with you rather than trying to match up. You know, it's, it's hard. It's like you want to, you have an idea in your head of what you should, you know, be, you know, who the person is you should be with. And I don't know. I think it's better if you just look around you and see what's going on. Absolutely. Did you have that as a, as a, as like a teenager? Did you sort of have the, that kind of the ideas and the fantasies of like who that the one person would be, or did you have a more cynical or realistic or whatever view of like long-term love and romance when you were a teen? I don't know. You know, I had such a conservative and strict upbringing that, um, is it just you and your sister? I, we have two, I have two sisters. Okay. Um, I'm in the middle. Okay. Um, and where was this by the way? Georgia in Georgia in, in Atlanta or stone mountain, Georgia. Where's that near Atlanta? Okay. About 15 minutes away. Okay. Um, but I grew up, you know, I grew up, um, for elementary school and stuff, I went to, I lived in Toledo, Ohio. And then I was born in New York, grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and then we moved to Georgia as a family. What was the moving? Uh, you know, my by? dad is a physician and he was looking for better um, opportunities in different hospitals. Now he's like the medical director of his hospital. And um, he was also, you know, my parents are very Indian and they were looking for a community. And Atlanta has a big Indian community. Mm, nice. Yeah. So, um, you know, we kind of moved for both of those things and, um, so yeah, so I grew up in Georgia, which is kind of bizarre and kind of awesome. And <laughs> <laughs> what, well, so was Stone Mountain, were there under Indian kids around you or was that uh, just far enough away from the community that they were seeking that you didn't get that as much? Well, no, it, you know, there are, there were, but it's not like I really hung out with the Indian. I went, I ended up going to like a private school that was really far away. It's in College Park, which is famous for having outcasts from there. Really? <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So, um, I actually ended up going to the school in College Park, but, um, 
you know, Stone Mountain was just really close to my dad's hospital. And it was also really close to our community center. So it was just like kind of where they wanted to put us down. And, and I had, I had a really like conservative upbringing. So I never really, you know, I don't know. I, I, ne- I didn't what is, even think yeah. about getting married. I don't know. It was hard. What was conservative about it? If you don't mind my asking. Um, like, you know, I wasn't allowed to really watch TV shows. I wasn't allowed to, I mean, I watched like the sound of music and I watched the, I barely watched the Cosby show. I remember my dad was really upset about me watching the Cosby show. Really? Because it was dating. Because oh, the kids dated and I yeah. didn't want me to get those ideas. Um, Interesting. No, I wasn't allowed and to wear three like, daughters. So they three must daughters, have been yeah. very. And I wasn't allowed to wear like sleeveless tops. I am very conservative, like very, very conservative, which is so crazy that I have done such a 180 because now if you look at the roles and stuff that I play and it's so strange you always think to yourself like how did my upbringing affect my life and I just think to myself what a rubber band pulled so tight that it went so far oh, well yeah that's a way. thing that's a real thing yeah. for sure and I think it's fun yeah if you think it's fun as an actor to play extremes either the extreme that you're accustomed to or the you know absolute opposite because I think if you come from an extreme environment you have a really interesting take and an understanding of mm-hmm. what it would have been like to have the opposite of that yeah you know both what I mean? instead of, of just spectrum. kind of being in the middle yeah I definitely feel like I have got I, I've experienced a lot of life you know and and gone from one side of the spectrum to the other and um, not that my behavior is really from one side to the other but just I mean the appearance of it all yeah did you um ever did any of you ever kind of rebel against that was there ever like moments oh yeah that's why i got married when i was so young Uh (laughs) fair enough fair enough yeah what um what was your what was the kind of family activity was it based kind of around like meals and sort of like did you guys go on trips together Um, was it was it also about kind of keeping the family really tightly knit It it was like meals and praying and um what was what was the prayer schedule like? <laughs> Sounds, could not sound more like I don't know what I'm talking it about. It was like Friday nights, um, but around 8 p.m. we would go to the community center for like two three hours. Um, Saturday nights, Sunday nights. Oh wow! Some weekends early in the morning. Oh, it was a lot. You know, it was a lot. Yeah, all the way through. You know, like so. Were there things you would want to have done on a Saturday night that you couldn't do? Oh, you were for sure. Go you know, I never was allowed to go to a football games. So I never went to one high school football game. I never went to a homecoming game. I never went to any school dances. Um, wow. I ended up going to prom, but that was because I basically snuck my way out of, um, got my way into prom. You know, but um, yeah, like it. You know, it's totally different. Like I, I, I never really tell people that because it's just so, it's just so out there. You know, so. But I think you know there are probably I have a lot of young listeners and I'm. I'm wondering if any of them have had that experience or are having that experience. I have to take a sip of water. Um, I hope everyone got a real good sense of that. Uh, but um, but I do think that that's a, a really great thing to share if you feel comfortable because <clears throat> it does shape so much of what you're exposed to when you're younger and also mm-hmm. how you feel about your family and your parents. And some people go... You know, they boomerang away from their parents for that reason. And some end up, you know, staying really, really close and even staying in the same area and all that. Right. It sounds like you kind of have a mix of both, you know. I mean, I do. I've kind of come around a little bit and done like a semicircle back towards my family. You know, for sure. I'm trying to make everything good now that I'm an adult. and um, But, you know, it's hard. It's like um, there's. I think it's hard for kids of immigrants because it's like they come with old world, old cultural values, you know, and it's just really hard to impose those on on your American kids sure. because they just can't relate, you know. 
And so to a certain extent, it felt like I was very much in a very, um, really, really confined space, you know, and then that's why I just wanted to kind of, and I'm, I'm always been like a very emotional person and, uh, like an artistic kind of performance person. And when I was younger, I would always perform and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden when I was in kind of hit, um, puberty, you know, like my parents didn't want, you know, I, it's just a culture. It's really not them. It's a culture that you don't want to draw attention to yourself mm. and you don't want anybody to look at you. And mm. so, or they didn't want anybody to look at us, you know, they say look down and this and that. And, <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think a lot of it is my acting practice came from when I was really young and, you know, I, I was Indian. I was in the South. I had white Southern friends. I had Indian friends. I had my parents telling me one thing. I had to become a very slick liar yeah. <laughs> to get to do what I wanted to do. <laughs> so, was, you couldn't have said that in a more sweet way. <laughs> well, I did. I, I became so, um, I became very good at lying. And um, Did they ever have a sense of? I think so, for yeah. sure. I mean, you know, you're good, but you're not that good. You're like, you know, you're 14 years old. You're sure. going to have some holes, you know? Sure. <laughs> it takes a while to become a very good liar but uh yeah, yeah I, th- I consider that some of my earlier acting practice because i was really trying to convince the people who knew me better than most people so i i think i think i became good at it and then i started to kind of in high school i started to um help other people out too i remember i would help people write notes from their parents if they were skipping school oh. I, became like I, I would help people like deceive it was weird like if i think back on it i'm definitely i definitely had some early real life method acting <laughs> experience <laughs> that uh you know were your friends coming from other because you were saying you had southern mm-hmm. white friends you had some indian friends yeah. were <clears throat> were uh they coming from the same kind of kind of uh, difficult, constrictive upbringings? Um, I think I had probably the most conservative upbringing of them, but um, no, my you know, my white friends, they always just felt sorry for me and their parents would be like, oh honey, like you can't get a prom, like we'll, we'll call your parents and tell them that you're gonna spend the night, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so um, like I, I had that going on where people felt actually sorry, you know my, my white friends, they, their parents felt sorry for me and they would try to help me. The poor little Indian girl that's that they're they gonna felt. bring out into society. They were literally like, that's just not fair (laughs) that's not okay um so you know it's funny yeah it was it was you know so they covered for me sometimes too i had a whole network going on and what about your sisters like between the three of you What's the age difference? Um, so there's only like two years between me and my older sister, and there's like um, seven years between me and my younger sister. Oh, okay, okay. So your younger sister, I don't know, there probably wasn't a whole lot of like commiserating going no, on. No, there but wasn't. With your older sister, were you guys oh, kind we of were talking like about allies? Like, we yeah, were that's like good. deeply entrenched in each other's stories, and um, you say this, I went here, meet up back at this place, oh, and we were man. this place. Oh my God, it went on and on. So much intrigue. It was crazy to think about the fact that we were just going to have pizza oh my God, <laughs> the lies that we told to yeah. just, you know get out of our house and just get pizza was like oh my god you know thinking about it does that lead to does the process of of just managing those you know kind of innocent lies for innocent activities like leave like open you up more to the kind of even worse quote unquote quote unquote worse stuff that your parents are even more afraid of or is it so hard to just manage the easy simple stuff <laughs> that you kind of are like I don't even want to get into it with smoking cigarettes and drinking booze do you know what I mean I think it actually opens you up to more stuff because you're like okay now I'm free now I'm free for two hours what the hell the can most I do in two hours <laughs> like yeah what am I gonna do now for two hours like this is my time I have spent a week strategy 
strategizing about this hour. I'm, you know what I mean? I'm taking sure. advantage of it. So there is that element of it. But then again, it's like, I don't know. I, I think maybe I lacked a moral compass. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, maybe I'm realizing I'm a sociopath right here on this podcast. Amazing. Thanks, Janet. I think any teenager, I don't know what the moral compass of a teenager looks like, but I don't think that it looks like the moral compass of a five-year-old. And I don't think it looks like the moral compass of a 30-year-old. Yeah. I mean, we, you just want so much when you're a teenager. Sure. want to live. You Absolutely. Know? Let me live. Let dad. you live. What did you have like, so were you sneaking out and getting to, like, were you getting exposed to pop culture without them in oh, a yeah. way that you, you know, were like into to, music and into movies? Like, what yeah, were you into? Yeah, no, for sure. I had all that stuff was all normal and good. It was just kind of like going out with my friends or going to like school events and stuff like that that was really hard for me. Mm-hmm. But like, no, I mean, during school hours, I was very normal. And Were you a good student? Um, yeah, I've always been a good student-ish. Um, I, what have, I, I mean, I went to Boston University and then I got a 3.8 and I graduated three, in three years. I mean, yeah. it's like school hasn't been, you know, the thing is, I think I know how to study. But I would definitely not say I'm like a, a book smart person. I'd say I'm a street smart person. Mm-hmm. Did you, I'm assuming that education was really important to your folks also. Oh, that yeah. That- yeah, because that would have led me to becoming a doctor. <laughs> right. <laughs> or you lawyer, still or could. Or Listen, I still could. Still According could. to my parents, I still could. I could still go to graduate school and That's backtrack right. on all of this. <laughs> Anytime. Anytime. Even though you are successful at a show. Right. Been on shows and been working forever. Yeah. What does your other sister do? Uh, she's also a lawyer. She's a professor. So you really are the artistic black sheep as it were yes yeah interesting yeah but my younger sister does music too she plays guitar and sings guitar and so we do we definitely have that in our family like we've have artists in our family and stuff like that so it isn't out of the blue completely but and for our particular family it is do you have other relatives in the united states that you see and if not or if even if so have you been to india and kind of yeah i do i have um, some family in texas i've got family in new jersey i've got family in new york um got family in india and near bombay Mm-hmm. And you did you have you visited there? Oh yeah, I How? love it. It I, you know I I've been there a handful of times. I haven't been there since in ten years, probably since two thousand and three. You know, so I really need to go back. I need to make a trip. It's just tough because every time I go there, I get really sick. You know, the water. Mm-hmm. It's just tough. So I'm just trying to find the right time. But I, I really do need to go back. I do miss it. I miss yeah. my family over there. I want to see them. Who all is over there? Um, both of my parents came from families of like eight siblings each. So, yeah. So they each have like four or five siblings over there and they have like lots of kids. (laughs) I have a lot of family. The amount of time that you were going over there, was it like a, like the several times you went, was it sort of within a certain period of time or is it like one here, a few years later, another visit, a few years later, another visit? It was like that. The second. Yeah. It was just like spread out visits throughout high school and a little bit in college. I have a family newsletter that's go- that goes around <laughs> with my mom's side of the family now. Um, and, uh, and I really appreciate it because I don't have the kind of relationship. Where I have a lot of cousins and I don't have the kind of relationship with my cousins where I'm going to be in, like emailing with them all the time. Right. One, one. Yeah. And so it actually is really helpful when, you know, like to my two aunts are the people who started it and they, you know, and they send it to me and their kids and stuff. And they are really on top of, you know, pretty much like twice a month sometimes even more they'll give like updates and some pictures and then all of us cousins like we kind of take turns finally emailing to the same group you know it's like 
And every single email from one of the cousins, myself included, starts out, I just was feeling so bad that I hadn't written in so long. <laughs> like, it's always an apology. And then it's like a brief recap of what's going on. And then like, like six more months passes. On Thursday night, I'll be on NBC. I mean, what if I was promoting myself? <laughs> I try to avoid that as much as possible. And it sucks when sometimes I feel like that's the only thing I have kind of going on is work. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like I do have that gross feeling of like, yeah. Ugh, I hope they don't think I'm like bragging. It's tough because this is like a the. It's weird because like Twitter and Instagram for actors, it's become so much of like, you know, you're. I don't think people even understand you when you when you're series regular now. They come to you and they say, "Did you tweet about the show? Did you, um, you know, let people know about this funny thing that's happening? Did you say who's going to guest? You know." So I think people think you know you're self promoting, and because you just keep. I feel like my Twitter is inundated with my show information, and it's. You know, sometimes it's like, I, just, I feel bad. I don't want people to think I'm always... But at the same time, it's like you have obligations to your show. You're supposed to get the word out, you know, yeah. and... Um, then you don't want to also let down the fans of the show who actually do respond to every, you know, who love it so much. So sure. it, it's a conundrum, like... Because you want to be personal and, and, you know, but I always find it's... For me, it's it's hard. It's like, I want to share all the information about the show. I don't want to bore my friends to tears or people who aren't... <laughs> one. But I, I'm, I'm, in a hard, I'm in a hard place, you know, because... The shows they want you to do that stuff too now. So yeah, and they don't. And 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 part of what's tough about social media, I think, is that um, things like Twitter that kind of start out as just like a really fun thing for us to do as mm-hmm. you know funny people or to keep in touch with your friends or to follow people you like. Um, they don't want you to have. I mean, this is my take on it. I don't think that you know they want you to have like the Noreen Twitter that's just the show and the Noreen Twitter that's like the fun personal one. They like that it's all integrated because that makes it feel more casual right. and less kind of pimpy. Yeah. Because I, I feel like tell. that happens to me. It's yeah. kind of, I feel like it's like, well, yeah, we want the people who like this about you and your other friends. Like we want everyone to know about the show information, right. not just like people who are following you because of the show. Right. So it is, it's all integrative it's now. Bizarre. I don't know if that's we, a word. Yeah. We, cause, cause I remember when we first started acting, you know, like when I was first working in LA, like 12 years ago, it's like, I would never even tell people when I was guest starring on things. I mean, those, I consider those emails and stuff that you would get corny. Like, and I still do. I'm like, Oh God, like when yeah. people send me an email, you know, I think it's cute, but like if it's my real friend, you know, I want to see them, but I mean, I never, ever did that. Now with Twitter and Instagram, I'm feeling an obligation sometimes to, you know. So it's like, I, I'm still navigating that right now. I'm trying to figure it out. I totally understand. Yeah. I told, And I think it happens in waves for a lot of people, too. Like, yeah. I remember talking to Carrie Kinney Silver about that. Like, she would... Um, kind of get in and like be real hot and heavy on it for a while yeah. kind of be into it and like you know have all these pictures yeah. you wanted to send out and then mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden she'd be like oh yeah Twitter and it's been like three weeks since you even looked at it you oh know? that's it for is, sure that's me because I know. will get so tired of looking at it I just won't look at it for a long time yeah. and then somebody will say oh did you do did you put your magazine on there and I'm like oh no I didn't crap okay let me do that you yeah. know what I mean so it's, it's a lot of maintenance it's, it can definitely be a lot of maintenance and then you make sure. jokes and nobody gets that it's joke well yeah that that's, I've learned that lesson that's a for tough sure. One for me, I haven't stopped being ironic. I just won't allow it. See, I'll just... that's good because I did. I just, <laughs> I've almost just given up. I almost have given up because I feel like either there's a cultural difference or between my followers or maybe I, I don't know what's going on, but like they will correct me and take tell me how I'm wrong, you know, how the joke makes no sense or whatever. And I just feel like, oh man. 
nobody because you're not going to respond if you're laughing to something you're not gonna write back ha 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 right, you know? right, right. so i'm sure all the people who get you making yeah. jokes you know they're not responding it's the people who literally do not get you that take the time to tell you that you do your jokes make those yeah <laughs> <laughs> i have a responsibility to let nori know that no one is enjoying this joke it's, i don't understand her it. twitter jokes are terrible oh god so that's so I've ridiculous stopped. i've given up on that part too so. what is do your parents are they um plugged in in any way to that side of things Oh yeah, the, uh, I think my mom has a, a Google alert on me, so she usually oh. knows things. Oh my god, I don't think my dad knows what that is. Thank God, it's frightening because I would hear from him every time there was a Google alert. It is frightening because half of the crap on Google is not true, and so like, for sure, and also like creepy, like creepy, creepy sites where I can't remember if I said this or not on the podcast, but some my cousin called me and was like, "Oh my god, I was trying to find a thing I knew you were doing because you never send me anything, and I googled you, and the first thing that comes up is Janet Varney feet." Oh my god, me. No, that's, that's every actress. Don't worry. That's just like a really fucked up thing that happens where that's that will come up even if there are no pictures of feet. It's just like fetishists and stuff. But like that's the thing I would never want my dad to see is like just weird stuff that comes oh. up that I never want to see that I wouldn't want anyone I cared about to want to be alerted about. Yeah, my um my dad's basically stopped watching my show too because I think it's too sexy for him. Yeah, that's weird, right? It would be weird to be yeah. a parent and sort of... I wouldn't want to... You know? I don't know. It's it's funky. I'd rather them not watch it than watch it and, and you know, feel uncomfortable. I totally agree. Ooh. <laughs> that's, a, that's another kind of like agreement that you make with yourself, I guess. I, that's the kind of thing that I don't spend that much time thinking about because I could get really weirded oh, out by it. Oh, ditto. I never you know think. I mean? Yeah, I just try to just move on, just keep going. You know, yeah. you can't sit there and think about everyone who's close to you and what they're going to think about your um, artistry or what you're doing yeah. performance-wise. It's just too tough, you know, because it, it, it makes you feel self-conscious and that's the worst place for an actor to be, you know? Well, that's I completely agree and that's um, that, that kind of dovetails nicely into again, why the podcast is interesting to me because I feel like there are so many culture, cultural things about LA that I'm sure these guys are tired of hearing me say it, but that kind of, you know, like what you just described is also sort of what the experience of being like a teenager and in high school and sort of feeling that like I cared so much more mm -hmm. about things that I, you know, like what someone was going to think or whether or not like in some ways, and I think this happens with a lot of people too. Some, some, there's some weird thing where in one sense, you're way more daring and you're way more like, yeah, I used to wear this really weird thing and I didn't care. So I was like, I'm cool. And then that same person would like cry herself to sleep over like someone she didn't even like being kind of rude to her, <laughs> like in the hallway between periods. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, and so what did you, did you feel like very confident, especially with your upbringing and stuff? Did you feel very confident and did you have a large group of friends or were you sort of when I was in high school? Withdraw yeah, I mean, I know um, you're a performer, but well, you know, I definitely hung out with like the artsy crowd. Um, yeah, just hung out with the artsy crowd. A lot of my friends were in theater, a lot of them were in were are actually artists and they still are. Like, one opened a gallery after school, one is a successful artist. So, I think everyone went on to do some cool stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, I hung out with that crowd and I guess we were like the alternatines. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Alternatines. I don't even know if I, that seems like something I should have heard before, but if you just coined it, I'm impressed. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you better tweet that out right away. You gotta tweet, get tweet, that tweet, out there. Tweet, tweet, alternatines. Just made that up. Great guys. Great. Um, and what about boys? Like how did that factor in? Cause that had to be the biggest freaking. how am I going to. 
why am I way through this? Yeah, that's kind of where all the drama kind of came in, you know, with my family is like, um, you know, trying to date and God, I haven't t- thought about this stuff in a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's why I like it. I know. It's like, whoa, what am I thinking about right now? Um, yeah, like I, I remember, I just remember not being able to do anything. That's kind of, it was just kind of like, I just want to, uh, bang my head against the wall here. I, I didn't really. I just didn't really do much. Like outside, I was on the swim team. I remember. I remember my dad um, asked the swim team coach if there was any bathing suits with long sleeves. I just gotta let that sink in for a second. <sighs> I remember that. I was swimming laps. And I was like, I wonder what he's asking him right now. Oh, I remember no. I got out of the pool and I was like, What do you? And then I, I shortly after I quit the swim team. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. How come? I think it was just too much for me. Every you know, it it just. Long sleeves. I know. That's the thing. It just becomes... Also, like, that doesn't do anything about the bottom part, which seems way more revealing. I'm less concerned about your elbows than I am about, like, your buns. Oh, I know. And, and, like, Speedos are very high cut. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I know. He was just trying to pick some battle. He probably knew that he couldn't ask for, like, a full (laughs) bodysuit. For pants. (laughs) (laughs) Second best of pants would be sleeves. Preferably, like, clown pants (laughs) that aren't anywhere near your flesh at all. Oh, bless. Oh, God. Oh, I know. God. I, but, you know, it was just too much for me. So, I, I you know, I'm, I'm, I think I'm a good athlete, but I'm not like an athlete person. You know, I, right. I, I just did swimming because it was like I've done it since I was little. But yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that doesn't really answer the boy question. Not to I'm make sorry. you like, um, I don't want to like. I'm trying to go back. Um, really so, prod okay. you. Um, but do but was there like sneak? I mean, for me, too, even with a much more liberal upbringing, there was still plenty of sneaking out. So oh, I can't yeah. imagine. I didn't really sneak out, per se, because I really couldn't. But then it became like, um, I, you know, my older sister, she was at Emory. And Emory was in Atlanta. And she would kind of cover for me. And the my, my ex that I mentioned earlier, um, that's how I met him. He went to emory with my older sister oh okay so he was older than me and and his younger brother went to high school with me so okay. it was like all you know um that's the guy that i would kind of sneak and then you know i ended up marrying him a couple years later so it all worked is out. that why though did you feel like um you know the these guys know that the, on uh, the dave holmes episode for example now he's gay and it's a different situation but he i i loved what he said um which was something that he was told when he was younger which was that um, because he was like a teenager with all the hormones and then he was also like in this confined place where, you know, he was at an all boys school and he, as far as he knew, he might even be the only gay guy. Where did he grow up? Um, oh God, I've suddenly, I'm like freaking out that I can't remember. I can't remember. Okay. It's fine. I can't remember. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. Um, but that you're like a, that you're like a bottle, like a fizzy bottle that gets shook up. And so when you take the cap off, it just explodes. Kind of. And yeah. I'm just wondering, yeah, yeah, if it felt like once you actually had this kind of romantic experience with this guy, if you're like, he's the one. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what you know and it's what you feel. And so it was like a lot of like, he's the one, he's the one I've known. He uh, loves me and we did love each other a mm-hmm. lot, you know, um, so it was a lot of things, you know, I, it's hard to say what it precisely was, but then, yeah, I did end up getting married to him and, um, I think we had a good run, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> it sounds like you were married for a few years or yeah, these I were was. together for a few I was. years. Yeah. 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 That's, that's, impre- I do think that that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, it would have been more impressive had I thought about getting married prior and just, you know, been boyfriend, girlfriend or whatever, but you did know, you guys do the actual marrying part impetuously or did you like really plan? No, we, it had, and a, we had a wedding. Your, yeah. yeah. We had a wedding and he has an amazing, lovely family. And, um, well, how were your parents about that? Cause you joked uh, about it. It was earlier. hard. It was hard. It was tough, you know? Um, 
but it, it's one of those things that gets better the second time around. So they, were really <laughs> <laughs> they were better the second time around. They're happy for me. Um, yeah, no, they were happy for me, but you know, it's one. It's just it wasn't what they envisioned. You know, I think a lot of this is just like it's just not what they envisioned. And sometimes it's just so hard for you to accept the reality of what something is um, different from. And I'm not sure if they even knew what they wanted, but mm. it was just not what they expected. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I do. I, I always wonder, I'm like, did you want me to just disappear from ages 14? <laughs> uh, like, you know, not disappear, but you know what I'm saying? Like, um, just turn into like a non, I, I'm not sure. Like, it was just co- incomprehensible to me. Like, I would try to like, just like make logic out of it and say like, well, but what did you get? Like, what did you, what do you want from me? Like, what is it that would make you happy? And I, I actually couldn't pinpoint what would make them happy. That's, that was kind of where I always That's really, got I stuck. think it's so mature of you to even ha- like to pose that question yeah to know to pose that question within the in that kind of frustrated place and just like almost saying you know i'm i'm willing to hear you out i just don't even know right that's what the your thing i would say is. what is like what is the consequence for what action i would always ask my parents like what is the punishment for this i would be willing to take the punishment i wanted to know what what it was so it's yeah. like more like the ambiguity i think of first generation kids that um make them like layered and complex honestly i've never met it's rare for me to meet let's say somebody whose parents are from a different country who are very superficial or shallow or one note i mean that is just not something that you run into because our lives are so layered from such a young age Mm -hmm. whether it be like you know all these different languages that we learn our parents cultures learning how to fit in with school you know it's a really unique um life experience so you know i I don't know. I just think my parents were never ever able to articulate like, you know, what would be like, what would be the consequence of something or what would be the, um, you know, what it should be. I just think they knew what they didn't want, which is, mm-hmm. which is hard, you know, hard for kids, but you know, also too, with the, that kind of parenting, um, like I feel like I had, you know, not while I didn't have a perfect relationship with my mom, my relationship with my dad was like, you know, he was very authoritarian in the sense that I, I do feel like he had rules and stuff, but I also felt like we were friends and I feel like he was very proud of the fact that we were friends yeah. and, um, and I'm just one. And, and, and so I feel like, and he's a very touchy feely guy. So I feel like we did talk a lot about stuff, um, and, and we're open about it and I'm, always interested in in people who have parents who maybe don't have like did you part of them imposing a lot of rules and constrictions on you Mm -hmm. was that something that you could kind of really talk about and talk about your feelings and talk about ups Um, and downs and hurts and all that or was it more like removed where they were your parents it was more removed but now everything's kind of come full circle but you know it's um you know, I do really love my parents. I think they really did love us. Otherwise, I think that this kind of childhood would lead to a lot of dysfunction. But I think there was, like, the the real love there. You know, it's just, it kind of got, like, not to be cliche, lost in translation, truly. Mm-hmm. Like, it was just a muddled um, path, you know. But uh, now I kind of come um, full circle with them where I do have nice, really nice relationships with them. They do wonderful things for me, vice versa. I try. Um but, you know, I, I mean, I have yet to meet anybody who has a perfect relationship with their parents. For sure. Everyone has, like, these strained, somewhat strained, like, I'm going to go crazy with my mom visiting me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. kind of relationship. That seems so. normal. Yeah. When you were, when you had to go to church and stuff, or to pray, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. um, d- uh, did you have 
did you connect with it on a spiritual level or was it so much kind of shoved down your throat, if you will, that you were just like, this is something to get through? Um, kind of the latter. It was so tough. It was so tough to be happy there. It was so tough to um, not want to just run away that there wasn't much else going on in my mind besides how can I get out of here? You know, but now later, you know, I am a pretty spiritual person and I wonder if all my spirituality does come from that, whether or not I hated being there, just the constant exposure to everybody who was God-loving, God-fearing, good people, you know. So I'm not sure. I wonder, you know, when I have kids if I will, you know, I want my kids to be religious. I want them to believe in God. I want them to believe in the, uh, you know, a sense of morality and, and high, but it's tough nowadays. Cause it's like, if you know, it's just, we live in such a different world now, you know, mm-hmm. what was the, what was the uh, denomination of, of what they, observed? I grew up Muslim. Muslim. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. I don't yeah. know. I, you said something about um, Buddhism in the beginning. And so I was oh, like yeah. ready to accept that it was just, like Hinduism or Buddhism. Yeah. Or, okay. Um, Oh my God, that I almost wanted to ask the most obnoxious question in the world, which was sort of how your parents respond to all of the kind of anti-Islamic it's propaganda tough. in the United States now. Yeah, that's really tough for everybody because like there are so many, now I'm telling all these, you know, stories of my strict upbringing, but like my parents are so charitable and my Oh, sure. So I don't charitable. think anything you said you know and also uh, and absolutely and also yeah. doesn't you know my assumption would still be that they were just like great people and yeah. that they were um moral and you know yeah. caring people who yeah so it was just one of those things where I, I just feel so bad for um the majority of muslims in america because it's like you know i used to love bill maher like i would watch it all the time and he has been so anti-muslim like um since you know as of late and you know, I think people forget, like, you know, the biggest victims of, like, ISIS is all the Muslim people in around them. You know, they behead and kill so many thousands of Muslim people and um, rape and murder. And they're just such terrible people. And they just do not represent, you know, the majority of Muslim Americans, for sure, I can speak for and say they're, like, very, you know, great people. Like, normal people. Normal. I mean, yeah. I can't say they're great. I can't say they're not. They're right. normal. You right. know, they're just... they. And I think I, that's like, if we lose that as a country, the ability to be diverse and to accept other types of people, that's sad. I was spending a lot of time in, you know, Canada recently, and I noticed like how much diversity they really have on their TV. It is so, it will blow you away as an American. You will just be shocked, like from their news anchors to their series regulars to their Mm -hmm. people in commercials to people in print ads. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm paying more attention to it because that's my business, but it's it will floor you how much we are still just an all white society in America, like on TV mm-hmm, and, you know, mm-hmm. um, or you feel like it's very targeted. You know what I mean? It's right. like you're watching a shirt and show and you're like, for example, this is bad. No, that's a good example. But like if you're watching scandal, for example, right. It's like, Oh, this is where, mm-hmm. you know, this company decides to have a black couple looking for right, a car. Right. It's so you really become so aware of how much it's about money and marketing and not really about representing culturally. Yeah, totally. And and that's why I like really gravitated towards the show that I'm on now and like characters like Lacey and TT and all these kind of characters that are not defined by their ethnicity whatsoever. Absolutely. It just allows me the chance to be funny and be a good actress and 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 by default the character is 
ethnic or can, I can bring up some of their fan, like as a, as as part of my story that I yeah, want to bring up. But, but that's it's not, you. That's not you exactly. Know, it doesn't yeah. define the existence of the character, which I find to be so uh, just tedious now. In, yeah. in 2014, it's just like, come on, like let's get over that and move on. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Like so. Well, I think you're right. I mean, I think the well, and that what I thought of when you talked about Canada too was the difference between even just when I was in Scandinavia, which is a very Caucasian world you know those like a series of countries where certainly they have um other ethnicities but it's it's just they're smaller and they're more inbred frankly you know in denmark (laughs) it's not like you know everyone looks the same in denmark they all look like me yeah um i've never looked more homogenous than like when i was in denmark and um and even there, it's like the, your options for what you can watch on Danish television, they have like three Japanese stations. Three. I mean, I'm talking in a hotel where wow. there's like not very many stations. Yeah. Um, and I'm, and I'm obviously I'm sure that they're catering to knowing that they have travelers coming in and stuff. But I felt even that was like, I felt like maybe because they don't have the amount of original programming and content to push out at everyone, mm-hmm. I felt like they they had so many different channels just that you would be exposed to from other cultures and communities and languages and stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, we just don't, we have the burden of too many choices here and we also are never going to stumble across something <laughs> that doesn't appeal to us because right. we can find exactly what we want and only look at that. I know. I don't know. I do like, as a side note, Danish movies a lot. Me too. They're so good, complex. I, know, I agree. Wow, I've there's seen a, some, and Danish. Some there's ones. one of some of my favorite authors are Danish. I do feel like it's an interesting. They have an advanced um, way of thinking. I agree. Right. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, they got it figured out. I know. They also really feel like they they. I feel they act like they've got it figured <laughs> out as a cult, like as a <laughs> as a country. When you're there, you. I felt a little bit like people were like. Welcome to the place where things really make sense. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, okay, hold on. Well, they they even have like, they live in, some of the people, you know, I watched a documentary about this. They live, women with their children, you know, they live together in these bigger houses. I forgot the name of them, but have you heard of this? No, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. In almost like a commune type setting and they help um, each other, raise each other's kids and stuff. And it's rather than living in like low income housing, they have these big government, um, you know, it, um, I don't know. It's like what would you say, government sponsored or government subsidized, like housing, and and the people all live together. And it was just, it was a really cool documentary. I wish I would, I remember what it was, but um, yeah, I'll have know. to check it out. Yeah, it was. I don't know if I could ever figure out what it was, but I, I have, I don't have a memory for factoids. These guys know I'm constant. <laughs> like you know that one thing, and that's got to be so frustrating <laughs> as a listener. But also, when I was in Stockholm, um, I have a friend who lives there, and and there was a lot of excitement even leading up to going to Sweden. The other Scandinavian countries were covering the the press, but um, they were having their elections. Their um, and their elections were, I mean, even just being in Stockholm, like we, we saw a bunch of, um, of uh, campaign posters and stuff and the campaign posters in Stockholm for, for their, um, now see, I'm blanking on things, mm-hmm. the sort of way that they do it, which is more of a, uh, 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 come on guys, this is way embarrassing. Like to the point where I almost want to edit this, um, it's like aphasia in the worst way. Uh, par- parliamentarian, okay. where they have these, you know, a group of different people representing like a, a faction of people who voted for that, you know, and back that that particular group. Um, so there's like a bunch of different parties and then they all get different representations. Sometimes you'll get, you know, three people will be represented by that. Um, they'll get enough votes and then some, another party will just be able to send one person to wow. parliament. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're the the groups and the posters were like 
so like artsy and there was this um feminist group that my friend was telling me about that was like it's tough because they got you know they got three people in and while i think it's a very liberal country and everybody's kind of feminist they're feminist in an anti-male way and so there's just like but it was so interesting to hear it's like everything is left wing and then it's like the conservative and and extreme lefts but everything is kind of left wing over there and it was just fascinating you know opposed to like how we sort of yeah you know there's i don't think there's anything quite like the conservatism that there is in the united states except when it comes to immigration which is a little disturbing yeah very much there's so. still a very much there's still a big problem with like a large portion of people saying we should welcome everyone in and another portion of people saying like no no no, no this is ours let's not you know let's close our doors i know and you can familiar. kind of see you can see both sides of it but it's you know it's tough. It's tough. It's like economic. It's racial. It's you know. It's about people. It's about. It's just. So, it's just so layered. You know. I don't know the answers. Thank God I don't. <laughs> Thank God this isn't like a podcast where I just have to express and stick with one opinion because I would be screwed. I know. It's nice the to second go, someone it's nice to go back and forth. Right. No. The second someone is like, I feel very strongly about this. I'm like, I think you might be right. Like I'm so mad. Like, so do I. So do I. So yeah. Me too. Me too. Me too. Me too. Me Okay. I just want to, uh, as we wrap up, I'm going to play this uh, mash game with you. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with category um, going straight to vacation homes. Uh, three places where you would have a vacation home. Okay. Um, I would. I would love to have a vacation home in. I think in Mexico. Great. It's very close to LA, and it's a lot practical. Of Practical, yeah. I'm, I'm a practical <laughs> good, yeah. Good. Um, uh, yeah. Um, hmm. It'd be cool to have a. Um, would I? <laughs> I love the thought process that uh, I'm not privy to. Um, hmm. I've never been to Morocco, but there's some. I I have this fantasy of like, um, being um, you know, like uh, like like the uh, Ch- Chanel model off season who has a pied de terre in, sure. in Morocco. I, I love it. I I'm love just, that Morocco, fairy tale. Just, and this I'm is into my it. fantasy. Okay, it's great. That's what this is. Yeah, you um, can be as impractical as you want. Okay. You'll know you have carte blanche and Paris. Great. Great, great, great. Okay. Um, next one will be you uh, You can have – let's do this. Uh, you have a dear friend who is – it could be um, someone from history. It could be someone from fiction, like a character who's not even real. Or it could just be someone in this the kind of world that we live in now. Three people that you're like, oh, I wish I could just call that person up. And they would be like, I'm so glad you called, Doreen. You're my favorite person. Like your bud. Oh, my bud? Just one person. Three. Oh, three. Because okay. you'll end up with one. Oh, um, Obama. Great. Who doesn't want to be Obama's bud? He's I like, know. He's pretty dope. I, I mean, would say many people, but I would say but, most people we know would love to be Obama's yeah, buddy. Yeah, like, I, I don't know. It would just be cool because then you could get off the phone and you'd be like, oh my God, listen to what Obama yeah. just said. <laughs> <laughs> you would still call him by his last name. Amazing. Obama is so crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, maybe Obama. Um, I would probably do, and then I'd go religious. I'd maybe do, um, I'd go like, um, I don't know. Maybe I'd do like Muhammad and Ayn Rand. Great. Maybe Jesus. I'm not sure. I just put down Muhammad. Okay. Who do you think after that? Um, might go with Jesus. Sounds good. I'll just go. I'll run. I'll run the game. I mean, I'll go the spectrum. You know what I, I think mean? it's great. Obama, Jesus. He's Muhammad. in good company. Wow. Obama. Yeah. Wow. There you go. <laughs> wow. 
You went deep, baby. You went deep. Everyone else I, I have access it. to. I love it. Um, okay, now I'm going the most superficial I could possibly go okay. after what you just said, which okay. is three styles of like fashion mm-hmm. that um, just for one reason or the other, whether it's a comfort factor or just like let's face it, no one, you know, it's extreme to be wearing blank in Los Angeles, but three like styles that it would be really fun to just be able to have and do and look with, you know, and it's always appropriate and it's never uncomfortable. Oh gosh. Um, give me an example. I I don't know. Like for me, um, for me, there are still times, this is a, maybe a bad example. Well, for someone else might say, and I've talked about this, uh, I've asked this question before. Someone else might say, like, I love the clothes on Downton Abbey. Do you know what I mean? Oh, but that's right. just something I'm not going right. to turn around and start wearing. Right. I have a weird thing where the little punk rock kid in me still kind of wishes I could shave, like, the sides of my head and just have, like... Oh, you like, can. That's a style now. But, like, not for... Do you know what I mean? That's mm. not how I get work. I know. That's tough. They would be like, I don't know what we're going to do oh, about your I mohawk. Have one. I have a fantasy that I've always wanted to be a Harajuku girl. Perfect. That's like, exactly what I'm talking about. I always wanted to have light pink hair. It's actually one of my fantasies like deeply like since I was younger like love like the little anime yeah. hentai. All that I little agree. I would also stuff. put that down. That is a hot look yeah. for me. I would love that. Yeah. Um, what else do I wish I could wear? Um, it'd be nice if like you could wear sweats all the time. Great. Listen. Love it. But, you know... I feel like I I almost do. I mean... I know. There's a lot of like... I think that's the whole Lululemon thing. It is. It's, it's like, how can I look put together and still basically be wearing be pajamas? Wearing yeah. <laughs> um, Story uh, of my life. Yeah. Maybe that. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, is there like another era that you sort of look when you see, uh, you know, a movie or something? You're like, God, that looks good but i would never be comfortable wearing what am i going to wear a corset you know what i mean yeah that's the thing i but this but in this world there is oh, no in this one okay because i was gonna say comfort it's is as so comfortable, paramount to me it's as comfortable anything is as comfortable as wearing sweats oh anything. okay okay um well i do you know what i know you said downton abbey but i do love that whole i, know, right? I mean i if the corsets i mean if it's gonna be comfortable then i would love to wear a yeah, dress every exactly. day exactly i i'm Super very girly like that i do love dresses and stuff like that so i'll go with that that's i think that's that struck a chord for people too because it's that nice in between where it wasn't so buttoned up that it was just yeah. like marie antoinette like I, you're clearly about to break in half kind of thing it was like it started to get kind of women's libby in the 20s mm-hmm. you know and so there's a little bit more comfort introduced and yeah. a little bit more sort of like crisp masculine thing that came in even with the lace and the sequins and the you know yeah. fringe and stuff but i don't like the headbands yeah across the forehead yeah, I I think I've I think I go back and forth with them. I'm not into the flapper thing. Mm-hmm. I think I like Downton Down Abbey seasons one through three mm-hmm. more than <laughs> Understood. four because when they start bringing Understood. the flapper style, it's not my style. Got it. Oh, I totally get it. Yeah. Totally get it. Okay, next one will be <laughs> um, well, we talked about food and and the importance of food in the family and stuff. Give me three, and this is my perennial favorite question: three foods that you can eat with no physical ramifications. That includes like something you might be allergic to that if you weren't allergic to it, okay. you can enjoy whenever you wanted, or it could be as specific as like, you know, my mom has this amazing blah, blah, blah that she makes. And I wish I could have it whenever I wanted it kind of thing. So my, ch- my favorite thing in the whole world is pizza. Great. 
Like I'm, I'm a simple gal. I like I'm easy to please. What kind of pizza do you like? Um, you know, with a lot of veggies mm-hmm. and um, meats and everything. I just love pizza. Great. Um, I also I'm making me want to go eat pizza. <laughs> no, it really is a thing you think about, and even when you're not hungry, I'm. Like, I do I mean, think about I think pizza. I'm making myself hungry. Yeah, I think about pizza a lot. <laughs> I don't know if it's because I always play characters who are so, you know, body con, but like, it's yeah. like, I think I don't, I'm not a foodie at all, but I, I think about food a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go to too. craft services and I stare at food yeah. and then I just, I've have, started watching like a bunch of different cooking <laughs> shows and stuff. Yeah. And, it's, it's tough. Cause it's like, you want to just go nuts and mm-hmm. you can't cause mm-hmm. of our job. But, um, yeah, I like pizza. Um, sometimes I get really bad udon cravings. Like, oh yeah. Really crave. Yeah. I love I'm gonna, a good noodle. Go to, um, great. I love it. Sometimes they get really bad. They're really bad cravings. Yeah, I yeah. Love it. Udon has like the MSG that makes you really crave it. And then you That's get an instant. Right. You feel spacey and right after too. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I had a massive migraine last night from a big, huge bowl of Udon. Um, but it's worth it. It's worth it. It's like you get a grumbly stomach and a massive headache. That's but true, you can't. True. It's so addictive. Um, I think I'll go for the last one with my mom's um, chicken curry. Amazing. Which is really good. Oh. Yeah, you get a good chicken curry going. I know. That's hard to top. Uh, okay, um, next one. Now, I don't know if you're the ki- in the kind of relationship where you're not allowed to sort of have crushes. I don't know if that is a thing. <laughs> Some It just depends on different relationships. But I would, you know, ordinarily like to introduce the idea of a love interest in MASH. Okay. Better when it's not the person that you're spending life with. Okay, it's a okay. fantasy world. Right, fantasy world, okay. And it could be anyone. could be living or dead. could be oh. young version of, you know, could, some people said young Jimmy Stewart. Oh. could be... Um, you know, a character that you love that mm-hmm. you think is like sexy and cute, or it could just be like Ryan Gosling, whatever. Oh no, I'm not a Ryan Gosling mm-hmm. gal. Me neither. I'm not sure why. I like him, but I just don't have like a pitter patter at all. He's too symmetrical or something. Mm, interesting. Do you know what I mean, like, oh, you're too perfect. Conventionally hunky uh, guys, I don't tend to necessarily respond to exactly no offense to my husband or anyone i've dated but um, <laughs> <laughs> like um uh, i do i can't appreciate a hot guy the other day i saw a really really good looking guy and i am he, i think he was driving like a maserati or a bentley or something amazing. and i was like and i'm not this girl like i'm usually and i was just like wow okay like, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I have those from time to time where yeah. i'm like oh this is what it feels like when you like I was just like, like oh, I felt like, like a guy looking at a hot girl for a second. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I get it now. I get it. Uh-huh. You know, like, oh, oh, I just kind of got like, I was just a little uh, taken away. Like, you know, yeah. I had my breath taken away a little bit. But um, yeah. uh, gosh, um, I think so many people are attractive. That's what's so weird. Um, I think John Stewart is very hot. Sure. Sure. I like his brain and I think he's very funny. He makes me laugh. And it's um, great. It's a great one. I think he's kind of, he's one of my crushes for sure. He's a little older. For, he's a little older for me, but um yeah. yeah this is a fan this is a fantasy so yeah. it doesn't matter great i need two more oh two more god yeah oh god. i do it's harder because who knows which one you're gonna end up with in the end oh god okay mm-hmm. oh mm-hmm. that's fun okay yeah um i would also go with let me go with someone really hot i mean brad pitt okay all right that's that kind of takes away everything that i just said about like <laughs> Ryan Gosling, but there's something about brad pitt that's just brad pitt special mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you agree uh i he also doesn't do it for me <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I like I like him. You know what I mean? I like him. It's not. Sometimes people act like if you don't have a crush on someone, yeah. that like what's wrong with you? Yeah. And you're like, no, no, no. I like him. Yeah. I just don't. You know. Um. 
I do feel like I stare at Angelina Jolie the way everyone does. I can't. Oh, I definitely. You know, in do terms too. of just thinking of the two of them together, my I, my eyes will always be on her. I will. Me never too. Be me too. Him, you know what I mean? You know. Mm, should I, I might just go with her for my third one? Great. Because like, she's Santa Angelina. I know. I know. All those talk things. about an eye. We just don't have that many. In general, we don't have that many kind of like iconic stars the way people had because there were so fewer of them mm-hmm. back in the day. But that is, she is definitely like old school. Everyone knows who she is. Mm-hmm. She's a big personality, big choices. I mean, I've worked with big some, charitable, yeah, you know. Yeah. I've worked with a lot of famous people and I feel like if I got a chance to work with her, I'd be starstruck. Yeah, I think I probably would too. Right? Like more than anyone I've worked with, like because I, I personally just find her to be so attractive and beautiful <laughs> that I want to be her so bad. I want to like wear her skin as a coat. <laughs> <laughs> I want to skin and her. And that's when the, you took the turn. That's and, when and, it turned. And, and live inside her body. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might happen. I mean, um, uh, amazing, amazing. Oh, let me ask this then. Let me ask, um, I don't know, you might not like this question or you might, but what about an adventure you take to a fictitious place, like a fantasy world, a la, you know, Lord oh, of the Blue Rings, Lagoon. a la Blue Lagoon. Wonderful, wonderful. Also love Game of Thrones, but everything's so scary I know, it's there. It's kind of dangerous and scary, right? It feels really scary and prickly. So even yeah. though it's really beautiful settings, I wouldn't want to go to. I would want to be in the show, but I wouldn't want to be in that world, in the fantasy world or yeah. as a real person. Yeah. yeah. I'd be sure I was going to die. Well, I, feel like I would be dies. like, well, I'm for sure going to die in this situation. Probably with my boob showing. <laughs> or a dragon will just come and pick you off. <laughs> exactly. Like it's, there's exactly. no way to die without humiliation there. You're falling yeah. off like a, 20,000 foot wall. Yeah. You're getting eaten. You're stabbed. You're poisoned. Yeah. You know, every single person that dies on that show, if they were real, would be like, not like this. Yeah. Everybody, everybody thinks not like this. What are the actors thinking when they read the script and they're like, your head will just be squeezed until it pops, <laughs> until it pops like a watermelon and your guts are all over the giant. Oh, God. Who that's then- one of the most memorable deaths in the history of filmmaking or television. And you know what's so Hollywood is I, I was like talking to one of my friends about it and she's like, wait, this guy? And she shows me a picture of her with him. She's like, oh, I just met him at a party the other day yeah he looks like in West Hollywood like, on, um, on Beverly and um, ruins the suspension I was of like, shut up shut up shut up yeah. this guy is everything right now to me yeah. just be quiet yeah. I don't want to know that he goes to the Grove every weekend you're like he was drinking wheatgrass juice <laughs> yeah exactly I want to know really that funny. it's true because that's those are the shows that I, I think appeal to me I've talked about this before is like yeah. I like BBC shows I like shows where I'm never going to run into the actor ditto ditto right I, 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 I feel that's Hollywood yes. for me now that's where Hollywood it is in right a way. it's it's like you know for me it's weird it's almost like i get less enjoyment out of watching comedy even though i'm the biggest appreciator of comedy than i do drama i don't even watch really comedy yeah it's reason, tough it because like work. you know everybody and you've worked with them or you know the director or you know you know you just can't escape into it you, you can't know? it's like you're like oh there's you oh, i better text her and tell her she was so yes, funny on this episode yes, i can barely get through an episode of I anything i have to stop and text someone yeah, and say like, you're so great yeah like, oh you're so cute on this tonight or a great great shirt or, yeah funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, and it just gets like, oh, God, mm-hmm. let me just watch Homeland where I'm literally. Oh, but now, you know, Homeland's scary for me because, you know, I know all the ethnic actors and, you know, so all, right, all, all right. the terrorists are my friends. So, right. That's been a tough one. I'm like, oh, no, Navid. He's like, Abu Nazir is one of my friends. I was like, hilarious. <laughs> hilarious. I feel like I am guilty of that thing. You know what? I don't think I'm responsible for that. I think that Amir Talai said to me, oh, you're working with Noreen. Oh, because I don't. 
I'm not the person that's like, oh my God, you're ethnic. Do you know? Blah, blah, blah. But somehow it does turn out that like, yeah. for example, Amir does know everyone. Who, yeah. You know, no, we do because we see each other at these uh, specific ethnic movie auditions. Right. Um, but I've kind of lost touch with a lot of people, which kind of sucks because I've been, um, you know, out of the loop for a while. But in American Dreams. Yeah, I was. Oh my God. That's I. I really enjoyed that movie. Thanks. And I remember thinking you were so great in it oh, in that household. You. Yeah. Yeah. But then I suddenly worried that it wasn't you. No. And then that made me racist. No, like, no. It was, but honestly, it's just that I have a bad memory. Look, if there's a funny, ethnically ambiguous um, Indian Arabic girl, it's probably going to be me. Great, 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 great. <laughs> I'm safe. I had my base cover. Oh, I got to keep going. Okay. Blue Lagoon. Got that. Got that fantasy world. Uh, two more? Yeah. Um, okay. Blue Lagoon. Um, I'm trying to think of what movie setting or book setting I've read that's really warm and tropical and amazing besides Blue Lagoon. Mm-hmm. Warm, tropical, and amazing. Interesting. I or like how it. about like a period one? Oh, um, how about um, what's that? Um, Monsoon Wedding. Oh, what a great movie. That could be a good um, yeah. backdrop. It's beautiful. Beautiful. Um, I need to see that again. I haven't seen it since it was in the theater, I that's think. That's a great movie. Um, oh, you know what? How about um, this is kind of out of left field. Uh, the the uh, city of God. Have you seen that? In oh Brazil? wow! Yeah, yeah. Let's go that was all, that one visually stunned me. So yeah, I'll go with that. That's even a though, even though I don't want to be right. in the favelas or the ghetto or whatever. Right. But no, um, we know what you mean. We know what you mean. Just the beauty of being in like Rio. Perfect. Okay. Next one is you have. Um, uh, I'm. I. I just did this with someone else. I'm. I'm. It's in me. It's. It's, it's in my, on my mind right now. You have like a, a superfluous. Like you have an extra room in your house that can serve a really specific purpose. Is just and it can look a certain way. It could be like a greenhouse, or it could be like you know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some sort of room that. It really is something that is like a luxury, right? Because it's so unique and different. Yeah. Three. Three, um, okay, an indoor um, hot tub. Great. Like, a, I have an outdoor one, but I want, like, one indoor so that, but, like, a huge one that mm-hmm. when you open the door, it's just, like, a glass. It's almost like a bat, like a bath. A hu- like the Turkish bath. You know I want what a mean? Turkish like bathhouse yeah, in, in one of my bedrooms. I there want a go. hammam. Great. Um, uh, oh, going off the spa thing, I'd also like to have one room that was a sauna. Great. Um, I love it. I know we're really just building you a spa inside of your house. Honestly, if you come to my house, people are like, "Wow, Noreen, really?" I'm like, "My house almost looks like a spa." Like, (laughs) (laughs) there's a boot outside. There's Uh, everything's monitored. Like everything is taupe. Everything's taupe. I'm very particular about Uh having all taupes. Um, let's see. Oh, khakis, rather. Um, I think the last place. uh, I mean, the last thing I'd want the room to be. I don't like, like, I could say like a bubble room, but I don't like a room full of bubbles. <laughs> I love, I don't want a I room. I love that you thought of it and that you dismissed it. I would, I don't know that I would ever think of a bubble room. I, I don't want that. I want something that I would really like. I think, uh, how about like a, um, like a serenity room that like, it yeah. literally smells like rose water and incense. Oh my gosh, oh, this is another great. spa no, it's thing. Great it's great okay. though. Serenity room, I love spa. it. Okay, I have last category. I'm just trying to think of if there's anything that I absolutely have to um, put in here that I haven't. I think I'm going to go with three skills. Like you wake up tomorrow and you can do three different things just as if you've done them all your life and you're amazing at them. Oh, my gosh. Um, I'd like to be like an amazing so you can think 
you can dance type of dancer. Yeah, yes, yes. Like one of those people who does upside down cartwheels with no hands. Yes. Um, I like that because it's basically covering dancing and gymnastics. Yes. It's great. Just like, <clears throat> you know, while I'm talking to someone mid-sentence, I could just like do a flip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, hold on. I will say that. this about Noreen. You never know what a conversation with her is going to lead to. Sometimes unrelated to anything. Amazing. Um, I'm just trying to, you know, like what skills do I really want? I don't know what I, I don't know what I want. Uh, I mean, what other skill? What would you want, Shannon? Uh, well, a popular one that I agree with is it would be awesome to be multilingual, like really be multilingual. Like, oh, oh you didn't know that I spoke Russian, Japanese, and Spanish? Do you know oh. what I mean? Oh, I am multilingual. No, really, oh, I really am, really, really, like not exaggerating. Um, so I got that. That's fine. Yeah, you, got it. That, you, you know got what? It. I, that's my real life. That's my reality. <laughs> I guess for some people, the real life is better than the fantasy. <laughs> Look, I don't, I don't uh, have any fantasies because I've covered it amazing. all. Um, uh, ooh, what else do I wish? Okay. I wish I could... Um, I wish that I enjoyed building and fixing things. Oh, wow. And that I could do it. I wouldn't want to enjoy it because I hate it so much. Oh, there you go. Okay, I thought of one. I wish I could have no fears. I wish That's I could great. have like... Just uh, like since I was born, I was born with the unique ability to never be fearful of anything. I uh, applaud that and Thank I embrace you. it. Thank you. I feel the same. Thank you. I keep trying to tell myself that fear is great because it makes you appreciate when you're not afraid, but mm-hmm. I'm also just really tired <laughs> of fears. I'm just scared of being scared. Yeah, um, exactly. So I think the last one I'd probably say, oh, maybe going off of that, I'll just like hinge off of that and say like, um, if I can't be the person who's born without um, having any fears, then I'll be the person born without, actually, no, that might make me an idiot. If I, <laughs> if I, if I, if I said, if I had no self doubt, that might make you oh. really stupid and pompous. Yeah, I know it's tough, right? It's so hard to know what the, what the silver lining versus clouds, like what you actually need yeah. to be the developed person you do. My suspicion is you do need all of those things. Yeah, I know. But what if you're like, I mean, just nail art. I wish I could do the nail art. <laughs> Fearless or nail art. <laughs> oh my God. But I mean, I kind of wish, again, it's not that I, it's not that I secretly wish this were my life, but in the sort of other world, like you were talking about with Morocco and stuff that I, if I just had this weird rich life where I was, um, I would like go out and sail for three weeks, but I loved that, you know, that I was like, oh yeah, no, I sailed from, from here to here and yeah. just lived out on the water. Like that'll never be me. Yeah. It would be kind of interesting. It would be totally interesting. Okay, You're like, you no, know what? Again. No, no, no. I love that. I yeah, love no, it. No, no, no. But, oh. <laughs> um, but I took it. No, I'm just kidding. It's <laughs> not like, something I care that uh, much about. Okay. Um, uh, thanks. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. So, okay. Maybe, um, you know, uh, that whole thing of like um, not needing any. Oh, you know what? I, I'm still going to go with the self doubt thing, but I'm going to change it. I'm going to mm-hmm. go. How about not needing anyone's approval? That's great. I think that's a great way to turn it. I think that's great. Because I think a person without any self-doubt is an idiot, narcissist probably. But like, No, but I think you. I think that's perfect. It's beautiful because you have the doubts and then you do the work. But you don't need and to you act. Don't worry about, you, yeah. you don't worry about the, exactly. the, the flip side of it. You know, the, the, the world part of it. Exactly. I think that's great. I think that's great. Okay. Tell me when to stop. Stop. Okay. Uh, I'm going to pause this. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of math. Come okay. back with your 100% guaranteed fake future. <laughs>
Well, that really timed out. Are we back on? Uh, we're back. We're back. We're back on. We're back. We're back. Uh, if you just joined us, that would be really weird. <laughs> I don't know how that would be a thing. If you fast forwarded through the entire podcast and playing footsie with Noreen uh, before before now, you have just come for the end and uh, and Noreen's one hundred percent guaranteed mash future. Uh, where do I want to start? Here's where I feel I need to start because it does make <laughs> me laugh that you came up with two really profound gifts and talents. But you ended up being able to dance. Like, <laughs> you, dance. you still have self-doubt. You probably still have a few fears, but amazing dancer in a very yes. athletic, gymnastic way. Wow. Fantastic. Um, still a win. Still a win. Um, I want to... You know what? And I think would be really fun is to see you dressed like a little Harajuku. <laughs> Dancing like that. Oh you my feel gosh. like an amazing dancer and the cutest little thing with your hot pink hair. It's very I feel like, picture. I, f- I feel like I feel like I could do that in a movie. I don't know. I agree. This is good. This sometimes these mash games turn into like and then the movie got made. Oh really? About it. But well, but it am be. I gonna eat pizza with Angela Jolie and a mom? All right, here's what happened. Okay. <laughs> yes to the mom. Okay. Yes to the pizza. Yeah, but no. John Stewart. Oh, not bad. He was your first pick. He was my your first, first pick. Uh, side note: You have a beautiful apartment in Paris. Oh my god! Um, and this feels like uh, these two things kind of work for me together, which is that um, you ha- you have this amazing adventure in the sort of the realm, the positive, beautiful visual realm of City of God, <laughs> and maybe you're doing that with your very dear friend Muhammad. <laughs> you guys are just hanging, just chilling. Uh, or maybe you're dressed as a Harajuku while you're hanging out with Muhammad. That also appeals to me. Oh, my God. Um, and that just leaves us with... Uh, no, that's it. That was everything. Your apartment in Paris, Muhammad, Harajuku, John Stewart, you eat pizza in your uh, hammam, you go to the City of God, and you can um, really, really, really cut a rug. You could just really dance. Wow. It's a great future. A great future. I uh, want to congratulate you. A, a schizophrenic future. But That's great, right. You got a lot of fingers and a lot of pies right here. Um, Noreen, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank it's you long so overdue. Much. I'm so excited that it worked out schedule-wise. And... Um, there's anything that you feel you want to impart on people uh certainly we know you can check um her twitter feed for information about anger management (laughs) 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 is that about cover it uh yeah fantastic (laughs) fantastic all right guys talk to you next time on the podcast As always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. Now leaving Nerdist.com.